Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. This is College Basketball Wednesday, December 20th. Uh, took a few days off. Uh, my life update is there is no update, really. We're just still stuck in the hospital most of the time. Uh, we did get uh, Mrs. Professor out of her room today for the first time in a week. So uh, she's fine. They're just monitoring. Yeah, yeah. I was excited about that. Walking down to the cafeteria. It's, uh, uh, quite, quite the adventure for her, but uh, just still monitoring her. Uh, what I can say is that the, uh, uh, the the his eviction notice comes for comes Saturday morning if he has not been evicted yet by then. So uh, life's still gonna be crazy here for the rest of this year for us. But uh, trying to still do a few shows here, uh, trying to you know survive at this point. You know uh, the, the the stir craziness is kind of real. Jake, uh, how, how have you been? We haven't. You were kind of sick last time we saw you. It's been like a week since I saw you. Yeah, yeah. I've been been getting over that. Finally, I think finally over the hump there, and just trying to get ready for my the holidays. I mean, it's not as crazy as crazy mm-hmm. as what's going on with you, but uh, getting ready for all that travel is, is uh, yeah, different world. Everyone else is getting ready for the normal yearly annual craziness that comes with most people's lives. Now, I'm sure there's some of you watching this who are like, who do, who do the thing like in Four Christmases. They're like, every year they just like go off to the Bahamas or whatever. And I'm like, I, God bless you. I, I wish I could uh, do that. But for the for the rest of us, it's usually the annual craziness. Now we've got a whole different set of craziness. But we had to come back and do a show. We have to do an NFL show. If you're not watching the NFL shows, you need to be on there. We're about to do one of those after this. But there are three incredible games. And I mean yeah. – uh, you know, whatever movie quote or, you know, incredible, right? Um, games here for Wednesday. Uh, one at seven, one at nine, one at 11. So you could watch them all, people. And there's no college football bowl game for whatever weird reason. I cannot tell you why. Um, so I mean, we had to come and do a show. And because, look, because we didn't do a show for the last two days, we got three A grade plays for you here. So we're just trying to, you know, add on, uh, to, to, the, to the joy of the holiday season here. Um, recap. I think we'll do a weekly recap. It kind of feel, feels we're doing a daily recap, especially since we don't even know how the yesterday went. We're recording. We're like, we know like halfway. Like I know when I last updated, things were looking really good for Tuesday, but I know there's been 10 more bets that have gone final. I don't even know how we're doing in those. So it's, it's kind of one of those reasons. Here's week six, right? Week six, side of the day, three and four, but for the season, a 13% ROI on the show, three and three. We've talked about struggling with sides, looking at money lines, which we're going to try to mainly focus on the A grade money lines. You can see why. And we've talked about this from the start, right? You can see it there. The A grade money lines are kind of break even for the most part for the season. The favorites, 55 and 42, and that's not good enough. And that's what we always preach, that we should be able to take a, we should be able to take the money line favorites as long as our minus 200 picks are winning at you know, 70%, that's okay. As long as our minus 150 picture hitting at 65%. And they haven't been doing that so far. Now it's not a huge sample size yet. So we're not going to freak out yet. I've been keeping an eye on it. I've been monitoring it about as closely as the nurses have been monitoring Mrs. Professor in the hospital there and, and, and little, little baby professor, you know, in the womb. And I'm not ready to freak out yet, but they haven't done, but many of dogs have done really well, 53 and 76. We've lost more than we've won, but an 8% around. So things have been going pretty well with that. So just kind of tracking those along totals though, has been where it's been and the overs have been where it's been. We've been talking about it all season last week, hat tip to cousin Jared, who is the inspiration behind almost every total today. Occasionally I pick one, 
one or I'll give him an idea uh, and I'll throw something his way. But he, he has a big hand in that 5-0 and last week on the total of the day. That was impressive. 13% ROI for the season. The show totals have been great. The A-grade overs have been what's been killing us. I mean, what's been driving our success. They have been killing it. And we've talked a lot about what we're going to talk about today, which is good offenses are hard to stop in this iteration of college basketball. And I don't know when it'll change, uh, but with the extra eligibility, with the rule changes, the top offenses just cannot be stopped, basically. And the books haven't realized it yet. And we're going to talk more about that today. But again, if you want to get all those A-grade picks, you can sign up on Dub Club. And we're up in the offer here with the holidays, $10 off your first month. And this is your last year. I'm going to run this promotion through the end of the year. So you got uh, a little under two weeks to get $10 off your first month, lock in the current year price, and swing up $10 a month next year, right? Inflation's coming for all of us, right? And, and I got to I gotta be able to buy groceries still because this is what I do 24-7. So, so y'all help me out and buy my groceries, basically. And I give you the sports picks, right? And I give you all the data and analytics. But again, join us over on Dub Club. Think about it as in you're just helping a small business. You're helping me out. Uh, and I'm helping you out by giving you all sorts of good information. If our stuff's helping you, if it's not helping you, I don't think it's worth it, that's fine. I don't want you there. But you know, if, if you don't think it's helping, but if you think it's helping, we want to have you a part of it. And uh, if you're watching the show, you probably think something's helping. So uh, all the metrics, all the sheets, all the everything there, you can use the code there. It's a link in the show description. If you're with us on YouTube, the QR code is there. Uh, Jake, what am I forgetting to say before we start into the games? I just want to curse Michigan for losing the play of the day for today. That was two overtimes. Yeah. It, 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 it kind of is what it is. I was thinking about this actually on my drive over because that was happening uh, the second overtime where things kind of fell apart for them. We took Michigan at like at plus odds. The model said it was a coin toss game plus odds. We say it's a smart pick. And I mean, like that literally is exactly how it played out. And this is what we always talk about, right? We, I'm not going to say we want to lose picks. We never want to lose any pick. Like when the game tips, I want to win every single pick, right? But big picture wise, we kind of want certain picks to lose because if I said that was a coin toss game and one team, and I'm not saying like fluky wins, but like just dominates the other in a non-fluky way. And that's a little bit concerning because the model's off, right? The bottom line is, you know, we took Michigan at plus odds at a coin toss game and said, hey, if we can do this a hundred times this season and go 50 and 50, we're going to make money. Unfortunately, that means we're going to lose 50 of them. Michigan was one of those. But I mean, it was exactly a coin toss game, just like we said, right? And and it's one of those where it's like, you know, it sucks because you, you feel like you, we nailed exactly what was happening how it was happening, why it was happening. And sometimes you lose the coin toss game like they did going to double overtime with those plus odds. But but that, that just means we'll get the next one. That's how it works, right? We're, we're going to get the next coin toss game. Yeah. Oh, um, for sure. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's not that simple. But but in the long run, in the long run, that's how it plays out, right? Starting us off, 7 p.m. Eastern, excited for this game. Uh, two of our closest friends here in Indianapolis went to grad school at Duke. Mrs. Professor and I went to grad school at Baylor, and they are going to join us in our hospital room tomorrow night to watch this on the lovely, I don't know, it's probably like a 40-inch television that I had to like hack into like getting a fire stick into it so we can pull up ESPN, I'm assuming it's like ESPN, to watch this game. Uh, so super excited for that. Uh, it, it should be a fantastic contest. Both these teams are really good. I don't know who's going to win. It's in Madison Square Garden. Uh, you can see that. I've, I've indicated that with the versus there rather than at. Um, here's the thing, though. Just talked about the start of the show. 
good offenses are really good. And these offenses are really good. I mean, Duke, Duke's not bad on defense, but their offense is very good. Baylor is even more extreme, even more of an all offensive team. You just saw what happened with Baylor on Saturday where they just could not hit a bucket in the first half. And that sort of thing is going to happen. We chalk it up. We say just, it is what it is, right? Like, you know, that sort of thing's going to happen. We talk, I don't know how many times I've said it in this short season. It's lasted for now six weeks. Like, you're going to have five games where you look terrible, five games where you look great. You know, you're not as bad as you look at your worst, right? We say all these things. Baylor looked terrible in the first half. That's not indicative of who they are. That doesn't mean they're going to win or lose. I don't know. It just means in general, we expect them to score a lot of points and we expect them to have a hard time stopping good offenses. We expect anybody to have a hard time stopping good offenses. That's the way the game is. Pace should not be a factor here. Duke's pretty run of the mill. They might want to slow it down a little. Baylor's going to speed it up a little. The pace isn't really what's going to drive this. What's going to drive this is the offensive efficiency. Sideline says 160.2 on average. That makes over 154 an A grade. Jake, of my model ratings, quality ratings that I've rigged up where 100 is the most you can get. 100 is number one playing, number two, toss-up game with a lot of points. This because points are involved now. I've, I've added that wrinkle. This gets a 98. I mean, this is going should I mean sets up, and that doesn't mean it won't be a blowout because blowouts randomly happen, right? Like every once in a while, there's like a disappointing Super Bowl, but like this sets up to be a fun game. We're not taking a side, we're going over. Give us your insights. Yeah, this this is gonna be I don't know, probably up there with the Purdue Arizona game with mm. how fun it's going to be to watch. Um, it should just be nonstop action. It'll be two really good offenses that um, going against lesser defenses that kind of push you into what the offense does well. Like Duke wants to keep you on the perimeter and shoot threes. Baylor happens to be the best three-point shooting team in the nation. <laughs> yeah, they're like, great, this was perfect. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what we want to do. And Baylor kind of wants to pressure your guards and kind of move you get you driving shooting around then well that's kind of exactly what duke does because duke's not really the greatest three-point shooting team but they want to get closer to the lane and kind of let cal felpowski do whatever he whatever he wants to do and nobody's really been able to stop him yet and baylor's big guys aren't the greatest defensive big guys especially when it comes to being as mobile and as quick and smart as felpowski can be uh mark mitchell is going to be the x factor here for duke Offensively, if if he hits a couple jumpers, that really opens the floor up. Um, if he's refusing to shoot like he has been recently, people sag off, clogs up the lane. That might hamper Duke's defense or Duke's offense a bit. But they don't turn the ball over, so Baylor's going to get a ton of extra possessions. But I think they're just going to be able to rain threes down, and it's just going to be a lot of points. It's going to be a lot of fun. The pace is going to get a lot faster because Duke plays faster at home. That crowd gets into it. It is like kind of like a half home game. I feel like Duke plays like every year there, don't they? Yeah, they play there all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's, it's still, it'll, it'll be an incredible environment when that adrenaline keeps running. You're going to go faster. The offenses are going to drive the pace especially Baylor's. I think this is going to get playing up and down, up and down, up and down, because um, Baylor doesn't really want to go against the length of Duke. They, mm. For some reason, Baylor this year is getting an abnormal amount of their shots blocked. I, I don't know why. It just feels weird. Um May, part of its luck, part of it's the teams they've played, but they, want to do, they don't want to go against a longer 
more athletic or not more athletic, but athletic big guys like Filipowski and uh, Ryan Young and that, that can block a decent amount of shots at, uh, and especially if Proctor plays with him being a very tall guard, that's they want to beat that defense down the floor, not let Duke set it up because Duke is good in the half court, not so great in the transition. I think we're going to get a ton of points out of this game. Duke pretty, I mean, Baylor pretty battle tested. You talked about some of the opponents they played. Duke pretty battle tested as well. I mean, both these teams have have played real competition. This is not one of those they've had cupcake schedules uh, and they're just adding to it here, playing each other here at Madison Square Garden. So it should be a, a fantastic game. And we have taken some unders and some better teams. Uh, we were here, I think it was on the extended cut, I believe on Friday when Cousin Jared joined us and we took the under in the Tennessee game uh, against NC State and nailed that one. So, I mean, hey, that game, that was some good competition we're not afraid to take an under if it's good teams it's just like nine out of ten times with good teams like the the numbers just not high enough because the offenses are just historically this year and, and a little bit last year you know just doing better against the better defenses you know good offense against good offense is gonna be points bad offense is bad offense not gonna be points and the books haven't quite calibrated that uh, and of course then this year there's just more points in general and so everyone's been trying to play catch up with that so uh still think we're too low on this we go over 154 people always ask me when my team's involved uh look I, i've witnessed i've been in person with baylor won a national championship i was there uh, in indianapolis that year I could honestly care less who wins this game. I'm rooting for points. Once we get points, then I'll root for a Baylor victory. But my, my, I'm more concerned about my wallet, so I will be rooting for points first and then Baylor second. Uh, to Mrs. Professor Chagrin, who is not watching this, because even though she's stuck in a hospital bed, she's still not watching this. Um, <laughs> 9 p.m. Eastern uh, to, to, to two of these ri schools' rivals, North Carolina and Oklahoma, playing a neutral game. This one's in Charlotte, North Carolina, though. So we are giving North Carolina half home court advantage. It's a much shorter drive. It should be all North Carolina fans there. Not to say there won't be a couple. I say all, you know, rounding error all, right? There will probably be a couple of Oklahoma fans there. But you're talking about a very pro- North Carolina crowd there, easier travel, etc. Not going to talk total this one, going to talk side. Both these teams are pretty good. Both of these teams should make the tournament. I say should. UNC would be very difficult to see them not making it. Oklahoma, to me, is right in the thick of an insane Big 12 where some really good team is going to miss the tournament because they go like six and 10 in conference because they played like BYU twice and Houston twice and Baylor twice. And they just got the wrong end of the stick. So that could be Oklahoma. That said, assuming nothing like that happens, this Oklahoma team is definitely good enough to be in the tournament as well. So this should be a fantastic March preview type game of what could easily be like a second round three versus six or something like that contest. Sideline gives UNC a 62% chance to win. This is priced as if it's at Oklahoma. I don't think the books are that dumb. I don't think I've seen this before happen. It happened a couple of years ago with some smaller schools where they actually got confused as to who is the Monroe team on something like this. It's interesting because North Carolina is listed as the odd numbered rotation team. And usually 99 times out of a hundred, the, the closer team to where they're playing is listed as the even numbered rotation. team. It's kind of flipped here. Um, UNC is technically the road 
team according to the Vegas rotation, even though they're getting a little bit of a home court boost based off the crowd. Uh, but this is almost as if, you know, this number makes me think it's like they're thinking it's being played in Oklahoma City, not Charlotte. And that matters here enough to make UNC an A grade play. I'd like UNC at minus 125, even if it was in Oklahoma City, but given that it's in Charlotte, it gets it to that A grade category. It's pretty close to even money in a game that UNC is the better team. And again, almost at home. Jake, we like the Tar Heels. I know you don't personally like the Tar Heels, but I think you're like me. Your number one allegiance is to your wallet. So you're going to put your uh, your differences aside with them, and you're going to be pulling for the Tar Heels here on Wednesday night. Tell us more. Back in the Tar Heels, I win no matter what, because, you know, if I happen to lose this bet, that, that means the Tar Heels lost, and I can cheer for that. And if I, if the Tar Heels win, then I, that means money's going in my pocket, and I'm happy about that. Yeah, um, that's but, true. <laughs> jokes aside, I think Oklahoma is – we do have to clarify that. People jokes aside, he he's, he really is more concerned about the money, right? But, but it is a joke. You know? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, like I said, Oklahoma, very very good team. I mm-hmm. think they've benefited from like a kind of softer ish schedule. Um, Iowa, not quite the team we thought they were going to be. Mm-hmm. USC. Well, Iowa is just such a such a different team, home versus yeah. not home, even neutral site, and they did it last year as well. I think even the year before, like. They are so extremely different away from home. It, 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 it kind of defies explanation. No other team that I can think of that's a big team has that sort of split where you're like, at home, this team's like a top 10 team. And away from home, they're like, eh, maybe they shouldn't even make the tournament. You know, it's crazy, that team. So, yeah, they got them in a neutral side, I think. And that was a, you yeah. know, a little bit of a different animal rather than, than if they had played that in Iowa City. Yeah. I mean, USC is probably the best win. Maybe you argue Arkansas was, but Arkansas and USC have both been up and down so much. Who really knows? So I think we're getting a lot of benefit from that, from looking at wins and thinking, oh, this Oklahoma team might be better than what they are. North Carolina, on the other hand, is coming off back-to-back losses. But, I mean, Connecticut, that's excusable. They're – Connecticut's on a different different playing yeah, field than yeah, most teams right yeah. now. But in Kentucky, I don't know what on earth Cadeau was that that last possession mm-hmm. was where he just threw it off the back of I think it was Cormac Ryan. I don't I don't know, but whoever it was, uh just th- uh, just threw that literally threw the game away. Uh they they were right in that game. I think they were a better team than Kentucky. That was at but, Kentucky, was it not? Uh, no, it's a neutral site game. Uh, but either way, I, Oklahoma's not the same kind of team. Uh, Kentucky matches up very well, wants to run, very mm-hmm. athletic, and does some of the things that North Carolina wants to do and was just doing them better that night. I mean, it's a three-point game. You can't really definitely say one team was better than the other. Uh, <clears throat> North Carolina – will take Oklahoma out of what they want to do. They're going to play faster than Oklahoma's comfortable with. They're going to take advantage of all the Oklahoma turnovers that happen because they are they do get very sloppy. Um, the rebounding, I, I would lean North Carolina with the advantage there, uh, even though they don't really hit the offensive glass as much. But I, I still think when anytime you can put a uh, big guy, what is his name from Oklahoma or for North Carolina, Lord. You're the you're the guy who knows players' names. I guess that's all my model, and I don't even know. I just I I just I just do the math, you know. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, Baycott. Anytime you have him on the floor, you've got a big. I think a rebounding advantage because when he's motivated and going, he's going to get it. I think the motivation of losing the last two games 
are, is going to push North Carolina a little bit over the edge because this should be a tight game. It should be a fun game. But I think North Carolina is the better team, and they'll show it, especially with a semi-home game, which, I mean, I'm not exactly sure what arena they're playing in, but I'm fairly fairly certain it's the same one they play all the ACC tournaments and stuff in, too. Well, so, they, and they will see the route, too, on occasion, like to Greensboro and yeah. whatever. I'm assuming yeah. they're playing where the Hornets play since it's in Charlotte. Yeah. So be And that would hold a lot of people uh, to allow the people in Charlotte to – uh watch UNC them there obviously there's a ton of alum there um yeah, yeah it, you know it's uh it's interesting I, I joke about not knowing players right you know I watch so much of these games I never watch the same team enough to actually learn the players I've joked that I should just like watch only one conference so I can actually learn the players everything else is in the player-based model and so I don't really have to know it right I'm just I'm just doing the math and letting the data take care of itself. Uh, but otherwise, it's hard for me to keep up with who's who because I watch so like so sporadically. Or I have like five games on at one time. And, like I can't keep up with who's who. I'm just seeing the, the trends about the team, you know, not the players. Uh, but obviously, Bacon is definitely a guy that you know you, you do hear his name a lot. Uh, a key guy for North Carolina. So uh, I, I think the last thing I want to say about this game and just talking about the the model there is, and you make a great point. I think that the reason that we have these analytics to help anchor us. And, and, and viewer, you know, you can kind of take, I always say, you know, take what you like and leave the rest. Right? I'm not trying to pressure anybody into doing anything. I want you to be comfortable with, with every bet that you make. Because in the end, it's, it's your money. Um, and so however you anchor yourself in sideline or a different model or an aggregation of models or analytics or whatever type of analytical system, hopefully you're using something, you're, you, you know, it's part of your repertoire, is it can help ground us to these perceptions especially early on or early middle part of the season where teams are playing, there's a bunch of teams playing real teams. You know, it's not like the old days, you know, I remember growing up, you know, my dad, many of you know, is a Texas Longhorn alum and watching them growing up. There were a lot, even when I was in like high school and undergrad, there were a lot of seasons where I feel like the toughest team they'd play in non-conference was like UTSA or Rice you know, something like that. I mean, it was just not, just cupcake after cupcake after cupcake. And that's not the way that it works anymore, which is good. It's better for us, right? And, and because of that, though, you sometimes have to recalibrate because in your head, you're thinking, I thought this team was good. I thought this team was good. I thought this team was good. And so when you see how team A performs against XYZ, at the time, what you thought about X, Y, and Z affects your perception then of team A, right? And so I don't want to get lost in the weeds here, but the idea being you talked about some of those wins that Oklahoma had and what we thought of those teams at the time, the the models, the analytics can help us kind of anchor ourselves and to say, it doesn't really matter what you thought about those teams at the time because now we know more about them. And so that doesn't mean we can change what our projection was, but we can go back and see how good of a win that actually was. And so it, it, it's that cold-blooded, you know, doesn't really have that, well, we thought they were good at the time because it doesn't really matter if we thought they were good at the time. What matters is, do we think they're good now? And so that's what the analytics help us do. And so maybe that's why we're getting a little bit of value here because, you know, the perceptions of this Oklahoma team a little bit better than they are. Not that they're not good. I think you and I agree they're a very good team, just not quite to UNC's level. As we mentioned, going back, and now we're going to talk about Baylor in every single game here in this. <laughs> not because I went there, but because that Baylor-Michigan State game was so bonkers on Saturday. And sideline, I think, gave it about a two-thirds, one-third chance. Two-thirds for Baylor, one-third for Michigan State. And that's the thing is that that one third, like sometimes weird things happen in college basketball, right? Now we don't give, you know, Mississippi Valley State a one third chance against any team with a pulse because that's just the way it is, unfortunately, for them, right? They're very, very bad, right? We don't give IUPUI, you know, I don't want to hate on these schools, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> but you know, we, we know the teams that are good and teams that are bad, right? But good teams 
can still sometimes lose to teams that are maybe not quite as good as them, right? And so that's why I always say, right, there's no locks in gambling. You see something like that with that Baylor game. Team just doesn't hit. Anything can happen. And that can absolutely happen in North Carolina. What we say with 62% is they win 62 out of 100 times. We only get an in of one. And thus, that's why we always talk about our confidence comes in the collection of picks, not in the one individual game. And then if we're constantly making these minus 125 picks for 62% winners, we're going to come out ahead. As we saw in the recap slide at the start, that hasn't gone great for us with favorites so far. It's a limited sample size. I think it'll come around in general. That doesn't mean this pick will win, but picks like this should be successful as long as we're playing them at these short prices. Uh, this one you're looking for minus 125, minus 130. You know, you're not wanting to get out really above minus 150. If it gets out there, you've really lost a lot of the value. Again, not in the end of one, in the totality of your picks, which is what we're always talking about here, keeping that in our frame of reference. Wrapping us up late night game, another neutral site game, although the first one was a true neutral site game. The last one's a half neutral site game. This one, another half neutral site game. This one's going to be played in Phoenix. So Arizona will have the crowd their way. Jake, I don't think you quite buy it, but sideline thinks that Alabama's offense is actually better than Arizona's. Both of them are top 10 offenses. Both of them are very, very good. The difference in this game is that Arizona has an incredible defense. How many times have I said it this year? Arizona's biggest strength is their defense is underrated. Sideline has them number three. We were big on Purdue in Indiana. That wasn't on the show. We gave out the over on the show that one, but we also had an A grade on Purdue. So I feel like we've done a pretty good job pegging this Arizona team. We also had Arizona against Duke. So we've done really well with them. Right now, it's hard to say there's much value on this game. Arizona is a decent favorite, and they should be a decent favorite. Sometimes that happens. It's priced pretty right. But you know where it's not priced right is the total. Arizona, according to sideline, is the fourth fastest team. Alabama, number 26. We've said it all night. Better offenses score on better defenses. And Arizona has a great defense, but Alabama doesn't. And that's going to make for a lot of points. I have never in the history of sideline seen a projection in the 180s. That is insane. But you know what's also insane? The scores of like every Alabama game this year. And Arizona is going to say, heck yeah, sign me up. I would be surprised if Arizona does not get to 100 points in this game. We're going to go over. It is a giant number. 172 and a half. It is A grade value. Jake, I think this number is too low. Because there are so many people, groups, whatever, who out of principle are just going to play this under because it's a big number. But when you look at the totals that have been set this high, more times than not, they're getting to the 200s because it's just, it's the UMBCs of the world. It's the Arizonas of the world. It's these teams that just up and down and they can score. That's what we project here. It's a big number. We're going to go over anyway. What are your thoughts? Yeah, look, I think Alabama's pace should actually be faster than what it's showing. Because uh, I think the uh, typically the strategy with both these teams is to slow it down, to keep their offense from doing what they really want to do and run. And so I think this game is going to be absolutely at a lightning pace uh, that we haven't seen yet. At a lot, or I don't know that we're going to see a, a game that's going to be this fast. Um, and I don't know, it's going to be years, but every every decent team that Alabama has played 
has got to 85 or more, right? 92 to Ohio State. Ohio State's not that mm. good of an offensive team. Uh, 85 to Clemson. Clemson's a good three-point shooting team, but they, they play slow. Mm-hmm. Purdue mm-hmm. put up 92. Creighton puts up 85. Uh, Oregon, Oregon put up 91, and that was an Alabama win when they put up 99. This, they just – their defense allows teams to score because – Sometimes it's faster to take the ball out of the net than it is to try to stop them from scoring. Um, and they want to get back on the offense and shoot threes. I mean, that Purdue game, they hit, what, thir- <coughs> 13 threes in the first half or something stupid like that. Mm. This team is good enough offensively. They can go on runs like that and, bad, and in my opinion, bad enough defensively. They can get, they can waste that. Uh, and against the Arizona team, they really wants to do the same things they do but has better quality players, probably has the best player on the floor with Caleb Love and Omar Bayo really is going to want to show up after Edie kind of beat him up and didn't really let him do do, do much. Alabama doesn't have a guy that's going to bang with him like Edie did. I think this game is just going to be fast break, fast break, fast break, and going to be in the 200s very easily. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think you kind of talked about it with the opposing teams with their strategy. And that's one of the things that the model does is it takes the interaction effect of the two teams' paces and basically says what we know about pace is partially what the team wants to do and partially how teams treat them. And so when you get faster teams playing faster teams, that's where some of these projection totals get pretty high because it's like the other team's not trying to slow them down anymore. And that's what's happening here. And it's the same thing with the slowing down. Sometimes we'll get really low numbers because if it's a slow team versus a slow team, the same thing, no one's trying to speed them up. And it just becomes this like crawl type game. And that is, I mean, obviously in, in those sort of games, it doesn't take much to get hot and go over. And the same thing here is just the pace should be so fast that even a cold streak might not hurt this total that much because a cold streak just might mean it lands at 190 instead of 200 or might land at 200 instead of 210 uh, because these offenses are so good and the pace is going to be so fast that it's like you're basically breaking the model, you know, testing its limits, pushing it to the extreme. You're breaking college basketball. You know, this should be a fantastic game to watch. I, you know, you can't not have your eyes on this game if you like college basketball. Watch the show. You like it at least a little bit. <laughs> at least enough to bet on it. We're going over um, in this one. Jacob reminded, I believe, last year Gonzaga played Alabama, and I believe the final score was 100 to 90. So that one got to 190. And I kind of think last year's Gonzaga team is pretty similar to this year's Arizona team. Also plays very fast, also very good on offense. You maybe could make a case that this year's Arizona team is a little bit better on defense. Because this Arizona defense, again, not getting the respect it deserves, in my opinion. But that game gets 190. Like, this one could easily get to 180. I, I just don't I, – I understand why the total is this low. Because at some point, the books are kind of in a pickle and there are going to be a lot of people out there who are just going to say, this number is too high. Out of principle, you have to go the under. And I would agree with that, except, again, go through and look. And I'm telling you, these totals that have been up there around 170, not all of them have gone over, but way more have gone over than gone under. And that doesn't mean you blind back them. It just means you'll look and try to figure out where are the situations where they've still not shot high enough. And that's this one. Jake, anything last to say about this game before we head out? No, it's just going to be absolutely fantastic. And 
Man, I, I cannot wait to watch this. This is what I'm most excited about, and I'm a little angry that it doesn't start until 11 years. So that <laughs> so stinks. Late. But um, I'm going to watch it because um, I can't not watch something yeah. that's going to be as good as that game. This is yeah, just absolutely. a loaded, loaded slate. Absolutely. Three fantastic games. There's your recap. Trio of A-grade picks. I think there's like 20 more A-grade picks over on Dub Club. Again, sign up using the promo code. You get ad-free shows too. You're watching the show. You like the show. You get ad-free shows over there on Dub Club. An exclusive link to those and lock in the current year pricing. Uh, and no reason to. And Jake, and this is like, the, if anybody's still watching here, the 32-minute mark, this is the dirty little secret, right? We are, we are like 10 subscribers away from getting to a point where we get more money from dub club, we get to keep a higher cut. So that's why I'm doing this. Cause I'm like, Hey, the holidays are here. If I give some people some discounts to join, then dub club keeps, keeps less of the money. We get more of the money. So, Hey, it's a win-win, right? So, so, so nobody tell anybody this, right? There's a little secret, but we got a little deal to get you in the door. If you're not already there before the end of the year, there's your promo code. Jake parting words before we send it off and start talking some NFL. Uh, no, I just that that the Dub Club will pay for itself so quickly with the way that we've done with the NFL this year. And incredible baseball and college football is yeah. worth its weight in gold, especially all the little cheat sheet stuff you put out, especially the baseball time when you can do team totals and all that. It's, it's worth every, every penny. I, and I need to create like some testimonials uh, of whatever, but I, I know people are talking about, you know, all, you know, looking at alternate spreads, first half stuff, team total stuff. I mean, all that's the information that I've tried to provide to make sure you're getting good value for your money. I want to make sure everyone's happy with what they're getting, uh, which is why we have one of the better retention rates on Dub Club because it's just so much information can help you with whatever type of better you are, you know, and that's the biggest thing. If I give you a bunch of information and then help you figure out how to navigate through it and use it, you can kind of be still your style of betting of better and just add a great tool to your toolkit. So again, join us there on Dub Club. There is your promo code, $10 off your first month, lock in current year pricing. You got like 12 days, 11 days. I don't know. Math is, is math is hard. Uh, otherwise though, we'll <laughs> send it out and look for the NFL show. It will drop shortly after this one. It does. Mm -hmm.